0: So that was not a second random video moment. That goes with what we're talking about tonight. But uh, that it, we'll, we'll get back to that video in a moment. But uh, if you were connected to Caleb Pittman's wall, he has deleted all of his posts. So go onto to Caleb Pittman's wall and go blow up his wallet right now. Real quick. Just do that real quick. Get your phones out for two seconds. Caleb, Caleb deleted everything. So uh, he's a... Colleen left it up for like a whole week. Did you leave it up, week? Where's Colleen at? Volleyball, of course, clearly. So, uh, anyways, so uh, so Scott talked to me last week. I got back in town last week from uh, an awesome southern road trip with Mike. Can we get the lights like a little bit down because it's like in my glasses. So uh, and uh, so I just got back from from vacation and Scott came up to me and he he, well, he he sent me a text first. He goes, "Hey man, I got a proposition for you." And I said, Prophesy away." And that is not a real word, but I said to Prophecy Away, and he said, "Hey man, we'd like to come and speak to Refuge uh, next week." And I said, "I would love to do that because I like talking with you guys. So I think it's cool." So, uh, but when I when I said yes, I didn't realize that we were finishing up the rest of the book of Philippians tonight. How cool was that? We have been in this book for eight weeks. Um, and a little bit more because of vacations and because of Christmas and Thanksgiving and all that stuff. But eight weeks, we've been studying through chapter two of Philippians. So, so it's a little bit nostalgic for us to kind of like finish up tonight. You know, we've, we've been going through this chapter two of Philippians for the last eight times we've been, we've been meeting together here at Refuge. And so that's awesome. So I'm glad to get the chance to be able to finish it up with you guys here tonight. And so, um, but turn in your Bibles real quick to uh, Philippians chapter two. The last time I'm going to ask you to do that for probably for a while. Um, verse 19. Verse nineteen, and we will be going through verse thirty, and uh, and the reason I'm wearing a beanie on stage tonight is because Scott was dogging us last week. He used the term "quote unquote" hipster. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't put myself in labels or anything like that. It's too obvious. Um, and uh, and so he was. He literally described everything I was wearing last week. So I was mildly offended. Uh, he was like, a "Guy wears a pea coat and uh, he wears like thick rim glasses," and I was like. Do what in the world, man? Like you know, I'm glad I can spend ten dollars in a bag of clothes. You know, like I enjoy that part of my life. So, uh, but anyways, so uh, this is chapter two, verse nineteen, and here's what it says. This is gonna be a long. So, just read along on the screens in your Bible if you have it. But here's what we want to do. I want you. It's gonna be a long piece of scripture, but I want you guys to try to stay connected with what we're talking about. But it says this: If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon. Then when he comes back, he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the, other cares, all the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself like a son with his father. He has helped me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. At this time, Paul is in jail. He's in, he's in Rome. He's in jail. So he's saying, as soon as I figure out what happens to me, we'll go down there and see you. He says, and I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He was a true brother, a hopeful work, uh, a faithful worker, and a courageous soldier. And he was your messenger to help me in my need. Now I'm sending him home again, for he has been longing to see you. And he was very distressed that, he, uh, that you heard he was ill. And he surely was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me so that I would not... Uh, have such unbearable sorrow. So I am the more anxious to send him back to you for I know you will be glad to see him and that he w- that, and that, that will lighten all my cares. Welcome him with Christian love and with great joy and be sure to honor people like him for he risked his life for the work of Christ and he was at the point of death while trying to do for me the things you could not do because you were far away. Let me pray for us real quick. Jesus we pray tonight that God your word would speak the Lord, it's not just a man's interpretation, but, God, it is, God, your thoughts, your heart tonight, and I pray that it communicates clearly, that, God, people tonight God, will be changed because of, Lord, how you talk to them. So, Spirit of God, we invite you, and, in, God, we pray, and we thank you for a time, and we exalt your name. We pray we continue to do that as we discuss your word, and should we pray? Amen. So, well, there's, there's two characters here in the story, and one is Timothy. Timothy uh, when Paul first met Timothy, Timothy was, was y'all's age. He was, he was young. He was in his, in his early teens. And what happened was, uh, Paul was going through a missionary journey. He ran into this guy named Timothy and, and he's being raised by his mother and his aunt. And Timothy uh, what grew up with the scriptures in his house, read the Old Testament scriptures, came to know Christ, came to know who Jesus was. And Paul saw this, and he saw this, this, young, this young individual who, whose life was changed because of Jesus. And so he says, you know, listen, I'm going to come back through here in, in, in a few years. And so he meets Timothy again later on another missionary journey through Timothy's hometown. And he sees this, 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 this little bit older version of Timothy who is in probably his later teens, early 20s. And he says, listen, I, I see this kid who has something different about him that he's not just like all the other people who are just you know kind of walking through life. This is a kid at some point in time has made a decision to follow Jesus, and his life is different because of it. And so Paul asked Timothy to come on him on, on his missionary journey, and they go and they plant churches, and they actually plant the church at Philippi. That's a church that Timothy and Paul planted together. The second person in the story is a guy named Epaphroditus, who has a little bit different story than Timothy. Epaphroditus was uh, raised in a pagan home, he didn't come to know Christ until later on in his life, and Paphroditus he, he in his in his home, his name literally means uh, worshiper of the goddess Aphrodite. That's his literal. That's what his name literally means. And so he was a guy that wasn't raised in a Christian background, didn't have a Christian surrounding. But later on in his life, he came to know Christ and he became, and he was so involved, he got involved in the church at Philippi there. And what had happened was he was, he was involved there in the church at Philippi, got, he's kind of a church leader and they sent him up to go see Paul with some money. And they said, Hey, listen, we want to go bless Paul, his ministry because of what he's doing there in Rome. He says, go and give this money to Paul. And so he goes and Epaphroditus goes and then he gets sick and he almost dies. Like he's, he, he becomes deathly ill. And so they, uh, so he stays there for a little bit longer and kind of stays with Paul uh, there while he's in jail. And then at, at this point in time, when we get this letter. Paul is now saying, hey, listen, I'm going to send these people back to you. I'm going I'm to send these people back to where they're, they're from. Timothy, I'm going to send him back to his church plant just for a bit so that he can kind of do some, um, do some kind of parenting of the church, so, so to speak. And so that Epaphrodites can go and be a part of his people again. And last week, Scott shared something about us being lights in the darkness, about how us as people here in Refuge, we come together on a weekly basis now so that we can just soak up good Christian thought and good Christian words. But we come here on a Sunday night because we want to be. We want to send you guys out as missionaries in your school. And Paul's doing that to, the, to Timothy and Epaphroditus. He's saying, listen, I want you guys to go be lights in the darkness. I want you to go and encourage other people to go be lights in their darknesses. He says, I want you to go and I want you to go and love on people in their communities and talk to them about Jesus. And that's what we want you guys to understand It's we kind of almost change face of what Refuge is about. And, and we've, and we've kind of been more overtly about that the last couple of weeks, is that we want you guys to be missionaries where you guys are plugging in, whether that's at school, that's at your job, whether that's going to be at uh, where, you, where, where you play sports or whatever you do, whatever your, your hobby, your club, whatever you do, you are a light in a dark place. You have that mission. You have that calling on your life. It's not a thing of saying, well, God, do I do this? Am I part of this? No, God's saying you, uh, all of us in this room are called to be a light in the darkness. But tonight I want to talk about something different. I want to talk about community. That I, I believe so much that these, these verses here at the end scream the, the heartbeat of what a community looks like. And what I mean by community, I don't mean like your you know, Henderson community or your Las Vegas community or your, just your Silverado High School community. I'm talking about the, the people that you share life with. And, and I'm talking about, the, more specifically, the people that, that you spend time with here on Sunday nights that as soon as we break up, for, after I get done talking, when we go to those groups, I'm talking about that community. I'm talking about how to actually live life with, live life with people. And your first blank on there is, um, is the definition, Is our first slide, is the definition of what, I, what, what, what community is. And it's as simple as I can make this. It is simply sharing life with other believers. Simply sharing life with other believers. As, as, as bare bones as we can make it. Because we tend to go from this environment into the next room, you know, and we go to our rooms and to Starbucks and, we, and whatever. And we kind of say, you know, well, how was your week? It was good, you know. Did you talk to God a little bit? You know, and, you know, we, we, we share, you know, I did this, I did that, you know. And there's kind of this, this very surface level thing. And we want to go deeper than that. Community is not just about you going to a room and just sharing, hey, listen, this is kind of what I did. But you're actually sharing life with people. We we're saying, hey, listen, man. I struggled with this this week, man. I, I had a hard time struggling in this area this week, and man, I, I needed to put, I need some prayer because I didn't spend time with God at all this week. Where we can come into a place where we can be honest and real with people and say, listen, this is what's really on my heart. That's the purpose of why we go into our rooms and why we separate. is because we want you guys to go and to grow together because not just spending time with God, that's important. We believe that. But the second tier of that is being in community with other believers. That is the second piece of your growth. It's not just, it's not, it's not just you spending time with God. That's a, that's a huge part of it. But almost as important as that is that you have a group of people where you can be honest, straightforward, and say, hey, listen, I, I'm struggling with this this week. I, I've got problems with this this week. And we can be real with people. We can be real with them. And back to that video that we just saw. Um, does anybody know what Rube Goldberg, who Rube Goldberg is? Anybody? <laughs> Robert Scurgeon is like the only person. he's back there? Yes, Jeremiah Dalton, okay. And Macy McCormick. And Alex, obviously, of course, clearly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so, Rube Goldberg, he was this this cartoonist. And, and he would draw these ridiculous cartoons, like, uh, of just these crazy inventions of stuff, like, Things like that, like, you know, he could have easily just turned a page, like, that wasn't it, but, like, it was all these things, like, all these pieces coming together to do this, like, and, and, and what happened was, as he started drawing these cartoons, people started doing that in, like, real life, like, people started doing what he was doing, like, that wasn't a thing before, and then he started drawing these pictures, and people were like, let's try it out, let's do this, and so people started, draw, started making these machines, and, and started to do, like, these, 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 these simple, mundane tasks, like, wiping your nose, or, like, petting a cat, like, you know, like these, these absurd stuff. And so people started making this stuff. And I thought this was so cool when I was, when I was looking this up, Rube Goldberg experiment by definition is this. It's a complex mechanism that performs a simple task. Don't write that in your blank yet though, even though it's on your paper. I want you to have that thought in your head though. It says it's a complex mechanism that performs a simple task. And I thought, and I was like, man, that's that's such a, such a good way to describe what community is. Like that's such a great way for us to kind of see that is that I mean if one of those things goes wrong the whole thing is is pointless. But the task is very very simple. It has it it's very very it, it, to turn a page is so simple. He could have done he could have put two things together or he could have just use his hand. Like I mean it, it's so ridiculous to think man all these pieces and stuff fit together but but man he, he's he's the idea was to create something so complex to perform a simple task and that's what I feel like community is for us is that God has created each and every single one of us as this unique, special, creative individual and that we all kind of fit in this machine, so to speak, of, of community, of small group, within our kind of groups, whether you are a 7th grade guy, 8th grade guy, you know, ninth grade girl, whatever that is. But you're a part of a group of believers, a community that fits like that. And that each one of you is so vitally important to that community, that none of you is better than the other. And that, and that each of you have, have an equally important part in accomplishing the mission. And that simple task is making disciples. That's what the simple task is. It's simply us making disciples. And, and, and not just in the confines, confines of our community, but that our communities would reach out to other believers, to, uh, to other people that don't know who Jesus is. That's the end goal in mind, is that our communities would be so tight-knit that because of our relationship with each other, that the unbelieving world would look in on us and say, what are they doing? What are, you know, I want to be a part of a place where I belong. And so we are these complex, unique individuals that God places together, uniquely fits together to all kind of work as gears and, and shifts and, and all these different things in order for us to complete the task. And that, listen, raise your hand if you think that you're complex. Raise your hand if you think your neighbor's complex. There's like more people. Raise your hand if you think girls are complex. Okay, any girls raise their hand? Macy, I saw you raise your hand. Macy's like, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. That makes me feel a little bit better about that. So, um, but, but we're all complex. But man, the great thing is that we have a unique place to fit in our communities. Each and every single one of us. Whether you're the person that has a million friends, and you feel like you, couldn't, you, don't, you don't need another one, or whether you're the person that just sits on the wall and just kind of hangs out, you have a place. You belong. And that's, that's this, whole, this whole gospel that we're trying to preach. As we get ready to go and move into a campus, we're trying to get you guys to understand that there's a place for everybody to belong, that you all have a part to play in this thing called community. And so as, as we're on this search of what authentic community looks like, there's three blanks there, and I want to walk through three things that I believe is in this scripture right here that we can pull from as far as what authentic community looks like. As far as being, if 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 I could see what authentic community looks like, if if I could if I could find it, what would it look like? It, it would look like this. Your first blank there. Authentic community will only happen when we celebrate God's heart. Look at verse twenty one there, Philippians two twenty one. It says this: All the others, sorry, all the others care only for themselves, and not and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. Authentic community, we celebrate God's heart. I mean, what, what makes God passionate? I mean, what, 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 is, what does God's word say? That he loves and enjoys. How many times do we wake up in the morning with our agendas already laid out before God? And we say, God, hey, God, here's, here's my day. I I, want to do this, 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 and this. And by the way, I want this, 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 and this done. And here's my New Year's resolutions. And I want to get this boyfriend, this girlfriend. I want to get this car. I want to make this much money. I want to do these kind of things. We don't even think about, God, what do you want to do with me today? God, here's my life. Here's my year. God, tell me, what do you want me to do? Imagine what would happen if if we changed our focus when we woke up in the morning and saying, God, here's my agenda. Here's my life. We say, God, you take control. Because I know when you take control, things are always better. Do I want want to live a life without regrets? Yes. God, I surrender to you. God, I know when I invest my time, my energy, my life into you, that I can live a life without regrets. That's huge for us because we come in here on a weekly basis carrying burdens and shames and all kinds of guilt that the, the devil just puts on us, and that we just... We don't have to live that way. God's, God's like screaming at us. He's like, listen, you think that's good. Like you, you, you live your life from week to week to week doing the things that you want to do and how's that working out for you so far? Not that great. <laughs> and he offers his life to us freely and says, listen, just invest into me. Just, just, just let go of the things that you feel like is good for you and give that to me. Because when you celebrate those things that I'm, that, that, that I'm about, That's when you live a life without regret. That's when you live a life that is close to Jesus. And that is our way of, when we come into a community and we're saying, man, let's rally around what God wants to do. Not about our agendas, not about what we want to do, but we're simply saying, God, your heartbeat is what we're after. God, the things that, that make you go crazy, the things that make you shout for joy, God, those are the things that I want to point my life towards. Because those are the things that satisfy, that fulfill that don't just happen here. Uh, I, I teach uh, at Lake Media Fisher for a couple hours in the morning, and Rory's the only one in my class, I think, tonight. Is there Yammer's on here? And Wyatt, too. Wyatt's back there, so they probably hear me. I talk about this all the time. I literally do. I think every day they get so mad at me. But we talk about, in our Bible class, in the mornings, we always share this thought about happiness and joy, as far as, like, this, this whole concept of... of <laughs> Roy's nodding her head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because, because we talk about this whole idea of happiness. Like, we're like, well, God wants me to be happy. Well, that's not entirely true. Uh, God doesn't necessarily want you to be happy. He wants you to have joy, not necessarily happiness. And we say happiness is, is placed in circumstances. I can be happy because, man, I had a good day. But, but joy, joy is something that nobody can take away from you. Joy is not placed in circumstances. Joy is placed in a person, and that person is Jesus. And we have joy in that person because we invest our life in that person and he, and he, and he blesses us and he, and he gives us not just what we want and need, but he, he, he gives us life. And, and it's not based on just a circumstance and, and how my day went or how this person talked to me or this person talked to me. But it's man, it's based in the, in the joy of knowing Jesus and saying, man, nobody can take that away from me. I, I, I can lose my house. I can lose my car. I can lose money. But I cannot lose my relationship with Jesus. Cannot lose it. Real quick, the next thing. Number two. Authentic community will only happen when we elevate the needs of others. When we elevate the needs of others. Verse 20 says this, I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. Paul is surrounded by guys around him right now that are in Rome. It's not just Paul and Timothy, and they're the only Christians there. There's other guys around him. But he's saying this. He's saying, listen, I've got guys around me right now. I don't want to send anybody else but Timothy, because he's the only person that cares more about you than himself. He's the only person that cares about you more than he cares about himself. How many of us think that way? I know I don't think that way a lot of the time. I love the first part of this chapter when we went through it. In verse 3, in, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, Don't be selfish. Don't live to make a good impression on others. Be humble, thinking of, as others better than yourselves. That's huge. That's, that's incredibly convicting on my part because I'm so full of pride. That, that I just, I, I don't want to think that way. I don't want to think that people are better than me. No, because, because, because I'm cool or because I can do this or do that. I'm, I'm much better than what they can do. I can bring more skills to the table than they can. I've got better ideas than they do. That's, that's pride in my life. Creeping up and just eating away at my core. But Imagine if, if, if we, as, as, as people in refuge... Begin to start walking to our small groups and, 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 and not, not saying, oh, I can't wait to share about this. And, and we just, and, you know, and somebody's talking, we're just waiting for their mouth to close so we can say, okay, that's great. Cool. Listen, I got a story, I got a story. But what if we genuinely cared for people in a way that we said, listen, every word you say, I believe is valuable. And when you look them in the face, you can tell them, you're more important than me. You're more valuable than I am. I believe it with all my heart that, that you, as a person, I can look across the room and at your small group. And, and do that tonight. When you guys are, are breaking up in the groups, look at your small group and wonder, do you have that attitude? Can you look at the person across the room from you and say, you're more important than me. You're more important than me. And I know there's some people in this room that are going to say this. They're going to say, but you don't know what she said. You don't know what he did. You don't know how, what she posted on my Facebook wall. And you don't know what she said to me at school. And you don't know, It, it doesn't matter. We we bicker and fight about the, the stupidest stuff. It's ridiculous. I, and I don't Scott and I we sometimes see these like wars going on between like Facebook stuff. And it's ridiculous. But like and we comment on it during the week, not on your Facebooks, but to each other. But like, but as adults, we still bicker and fight about stupid stuff too. But I'm, I'm saying that man, we fight about the most ridiculous things. And we get so offended by the, by the stupidest stuff and, we, and we're missing the point that, that Jesus is, is up in heaven. He's like, man, you guys are arguing, arguing about the littlest pieces of your life and, and there's people all around you watching you and saying, I don't want any part of that. They're looking around you and they're seeing you guys argue, seeing us argue and bicker about silly, ridiculous things because we think that we're better than other people. And you may not say that openly, but we think that and we act that way. I mean, what if we changed the attitude in us that we said you're better than me I, I want to know what your needs are I want to know how I can serve you better I want to know what I can do to lift you up and to make you a better person what can I do to do that, how, how is that? imagine if we started doing that what that would change for us if, if our attitudes in this room how many people would be attracted to that when we say listen your needs are more important than mine right now I want to I help you and we stop being this competitive group of people where we elevate our needs above others and we say, no, no, what do you need? What can I do for you? The last thing is this. Authentic community will only happen when we appreciate others' accomplishments. Verse uh, verse 29 says this. He's talking about Epaphroditus. He says, Welcome him with Christian love and with great joy and be sure to honor people like him. And, and Paul is talking about all the, all the things that Epaphroditus did. Man, he, he, he journeyed so long. Like, it's like a 40-day walk just to get to Rome from Philippi. 40-day journey back, but he got sick, almost died, but he's a passionate follower of Jesus. And he's like, listen, honor guys like him. And let me, let me be honest with you. I, I'm terrible about this. Like, I'm terrible at telling others that I appreciate them. Like, my small group guys are probably like, You don't appreciate me. And I I, I do sometimes. But I mean like I don't I don't I don't oh I don't say that enough. Like I really don't. And like like one of my new resolutions seriously is is to tell people that I that I that I appreciate what they do because honestly, like I'm such a quasi perfectionist that like if something doesn't go the way that Ben wants it to go, whether that's you know, something in a worship set or something in a service or something along those lines, like I just kinda get this like, do what's up with that, man. Like, you know, like, I'm just like, why don't you think about this or this? Why don't you do that right? Why don't you do this? And I never, and I never, and I never tell them, man, you did such a good job doing this today. You know, what I mean, listen, I appreciate you because, you I mean, you worked hard. And you worked your tail end off to get that baseline down. And you worked your tail end off to do this. And I, and I harp on the things they do wrong. And I never point out the things they do that are right. And for us, I know we've said this before at Hope. Um, we've talked about community before. But I just want to read this statement again. But it says this, when we, uh, when we come around our our, our strengths, we, we breed competition. We, we breed this this attitude of I'm better than you. But when we come around our weaknesses, we breed community. That we understand that we are broken, fragile, hurting individuals coming together. That, Listen, I'm no better than you are. You know, I'm, I'm a sinner. I'm full of darkness. And I, I can't believe that God looks up every single day, and, and says, I, I chose to give you life. That he looks at the sinner that Ben is and says, listen, I, I know that there's been darkness in you, and I know and I knew before time that everything wrong that you would do, and how many times you would turn your back on me, and all the things that you would do wrong, and I still told you that it was worth it to die for you. And he says that to each and every one of us daily, that we look at ourselves and we say, I'm the stuff, and he says, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not the stuff, and, and I wish that we could get that, that, that man, that we're just a group of people coming together. But on top of us being this group, coming around our weaknesses, man, we need to celebrate our accomplishments. The things that you see people doing good and saying, listen, I, I, I want to I do more than just say, hey, man, I've nice pat on the back. But man, listen, dude, I saw in that basketball game the other day, man, that guy was totally dogging you and you respected him because of it. You know? and, 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 I, and listen, I saw that girl and she was totally trash about you and you didn't do anything about it. That was awesome. I just got to say, I, you know, good job on that. Hey, you know, listen, I know you've been working on this area of your life where you're trying to, you know, listen more or be better in your attitude. I, I want to say, I've, I've been noticing you've been doing a lot better in that. Good job on that. Man, would that change everything for us? That, that we would come together and say, I, I don't just want to point out the things you do wrong, but man, I want to celebrate what you do right. I want to catch you doing something that's right. That God is doing more than just convicting your life, but God is, is celebrating over us. And we want to bring that together in the confines of community. And so, lastly, your, your last little piece down there, and we be finished, is this. Community starts with you and ends with us. Community starts with you and ends with us. What I mean is this. The best thing that you can bring to the table is not behavior change. We can, we, I, I, can, I can modify my, my, my behavior all day. I can try to do things better. I can try to act better. But unless there's a real awakening inside of me that changes me, it's meaningless. It's pointless. Unless there's something that God is actually doing inside of my life, it's pointless. We have to understand that the most important thing we bring to the table in our communities is our own personal relationship with Jesus. It's our own relationship with Jesus. It's our time that we spend with God every single day. That's the most important thing you bring to the table in your communities that 's what you bring, and we 're only hurting ourselves and our communities when we don 't do that when we don 't invest in our relationship with god we 're not just hurting us we 're also hurting the people around us, so it starts with us or it starts with you, but it ends with us it ends it, it, it ends with the us in this room it, it, it ends with the us at Silverado the eleven thousand some odd students that are in a five-mile radius. That's the goal in mind, that we're, that we're saying, listen, I, I invest into my relationship with God because I want to start a strong community here amongst believers because I want to reach my school for Jesus. I want people in my community to know that there's a God who loves them and cares for them. Well, let's, let's pray. Jesus, I'm my prayer tonight is, God, we would understand just a little bit better you know, about what authentic community looks like, that, God, you're calling us to not show up to a group, to just sit and talk about our weeks, and to just talk about nothing, but, God, you've brought us together for community, because, God, you want us to grow, and you want us to look more and more like Jesus every single day. And so, God, would you start changing that inside of us? Gotta pray as we break up in just a few minutes that, Lord, that our hearts begin to start changing for that truth. That God, you would start changing us, and we realize that God, we're not it at all. That God, we are so dependent upon you. That God, we need you desperately to do any of this. It is completely reliant on our relationship with you. Yeah, you know, we can't conjure up enough good effort and enough good things in our life to amount, God, to to righteousness. But God, we know that as we pour our lives into you, that God, you work through us. So God, I pray that we would do that, that we would we would know how important it is, God, to pursue you above all else. And God, bring that to our small groups and our communities. God, would you continue to speak to us? As you guys are sitting here, we're going to go through another song. But if there's something you want to pray about, something you want to talk about, I'm going to be in the back. We have some long group leaders that are going to be in the back as well. And so uh, if you guys stand up, we're going to continue this thing.